Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fire It Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are, we have crowned a champion in March Madness. We wrap up the college basketball season talking about Monday's national championship game, plus all the coaches on the move. The Masters Golf Tournament tees off this week. The NBA trade deadline is coming gone. Who won and who lost? The blazing bets of the week and a huge NFL trade in the Big Apple. Tune in for more. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. It's good to be back. I was on, did the vacation thing last week. It was good to get away. Uh, had uh, a nice fill-in. Caleb did a nice job last week for me. I listened to the show. Um, before we get started, I want to wish one of our crew members a happy birthday. We had uh, Matt, our resident bucknut, had a birthday this week. So thank we want to wish, wish Matt a happy birthday. Yep, yep happy birthday. <clears throat> yeah, so... We're going to start the show off with our winners from our uh, our contest. The uh, we, you know we had a little pool on ESPN. We had forty some forty three or forty five entries on there, which was good to see. Appreciate you guys joining up out there. Um, our first place winner, who's going to receive a fifty dollar Amazon gift card, was Jevin. He picked Baylor to win the whole thing. Uh, came from I don't know. I think before Monday night's game, he was sitting back in like eighth spot or something, but with Baylor on his win line. I think, you know, that was, he got a lot of points for that. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, Owen came in second. Owen's going to get a $25 gift card to Dick's sporting goods. And third place was Scott and he'll get a $10 gift card to Wendy. So congratulations to our winners of our pool. Now amongst the four of us. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. I, uh, the chief came out on top, of course, like we all knew he would. And then uh, Professor Colton came in second, and Matt the Bucknut third, and Braden was way back there. He was almost. We, we can't razz him too much. He's not here to defend himself. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So the kid was in last. So he was but, definitely trying some things. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, he was experimenting. Was, that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, no, it was a good time, and uh, I appreciate everybody joining. And we'll we'll get those uh, we'll get those awards out to those three fellas that that uh, scored first, second, third place, and. Um, so let's get into our NCAA wrap-up. I know, uh, you know, obviously the big game was Monday night, Gonzaga-Butler, but let's go back to that Baylor-Houston game real quick, fellas. Um, it's what what it's what it's Baylor's been doing all season. They just get out. They get out on you. They put the pressure on you right from the beginning. You know, you had a number one and a number two against each other, and I think of the two games, you know, that oh, that's going to be the close one. And I'll tell you what, Baylor just looked. They just look good. Yeah, total domination in that good. game, just like the championship game. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, they used that blueprint in the Final Four game and, you know, replicated and it in the National Again, Monday night, yeah. absolutely. Got out to a, to a big lead and just kind of, you know, I wouldn't say coasted, but just, you know, kind of put it there in neutral a little bit. And just, yeah, you they, know, yeah, yeah, I agree. Then, you know, the game that everybody thought was going to be the blowout was Gonzaga versus UCLA, and that one went to overtime. What a game. Yeah. That, was a, that was a fun game to watch. What, what a game and what a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give yeah. well, yeah. UCLA a whole heck of a lot of credit. Yeah. Yeah. In 11 seed, getting all the yeah. way to the Final Four. And being within now, a let me ask you this. Is that a better shot than Christian Leitner's turnaround jumper from the top of the key? No, no, no still not. I still mean, that's, not. Uh, that's a full court pass yeah. all the way to the other I, end. I turn around. Turn around didn't jumper. Even I didn't oh, yeah. even know where the basket was. Yeah. and just you know. Other than he was a little bit deeper. Suggs was a little bit right, deeper. Right, right. 
Right. Um, but, I, I kind of like having Turner in the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> that was a, a nice better. one. I got to give. But I it, gotta, it wasn't for as big of, uh, you true. know, big That's of playing true. there. Right, so. right. So, so let's talk about that Gonzaga-Baylor game then on Monday night. Again, Baylor got out to that strong start, had them down 11-1, to 1, like uh, – you know, about four minutes in, and I'm thinking, all right, that's that's no big deal. Gonzaga's going to make a run. Now, on a, before we go any deeper, the three the three of us did pick Baylor in that game. Um, yeah. If you don't last, believe me, last, I got last I, week's show. All of us on the panel, you know, Dad obviously wasn't here, but all of us that were on the panel picked picked this championship, and yeah. you know, and then picked, you know, we we texted back and forth, and all of us before were, the were, game started Monday night, and all three, Matt, uh, the Bucknut, and Colton, the professor, and the chief. We all picked Baylor to win. I just, I think one of the reasons I think, I think that UCLA game just took all the wind out of Gonzaga. Yeah. They only play seven guys anyway, um, and I just think that that overtime game and, and uh, well, it was a late game. On top of that, you know, the second game of the day, and I just think that took took so much out of Gonzaga. And Baylor again, they got off to that that quick start with those athletes. You know, they they said it was going to be a run and gun game. You know, it's forty seven to thirty seven at halftime. I think that's probably the lowest anybody's held Gonzaga in a in a half all year. And you know, and and then and then Baylor turns around and puts off almost fifty against them in a half. So, you know, it was just a that was their blueprint the whole season. If you were in uh, Gonzaga, you know, at one point there about ten minutes ago, they got it down to nine. I think. Um, I stayed up and watched it. I probably shouldn't have because I had to work the next day. But um, I stayed up and watched it. They got it down to nine, and uh, it was. I thought, thought they had a glimmer of I hope did, there. I did. And, yeah, uh, I thought even at halftime they they cut it to ten. You, right. You had right. to be thinking. Of yeah, they were down by nineteen. Like, hey, I mean, gee, yeah, Christmas. It was. Yeah, and they got it down to ten, and that that's what I said. Oh, they're you know they're within striking distance, but I don't think right. they ever got closer than nine points. Yeah, so. I don't think so. I um, think uh, yeah, they they got close, and then Baylor, you know put it right back on the gas pedal and, and just you know yeah. took off. Again. Yeah, it's almost like when they felt like they wanted to coast, like Colton said, they'd coast. But then when they, they had no problem like shifting gears and, and uh, turning up the heat again and going right back at again. Right. And, I, you know, and I think we got to go back to our original show um, on, the, uh, on the NCAA tournament. You know, I, I think the committee did a great job with these teams, picking mm-hmm. these teams. Yeah. I think this was kind of a matchup two years in the making because, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, we obviously didn't get a March Madness last year uh, due to the pandemic. Um, but both of these teams were, were pretty good even right. last year. Right. And, and right. Baylor especially. So, mm-hmm. you know, this this is good for Baylor. You know, so I think this is a matchup that people were wanting to watch two years in the making. So Well, as I said, I think both of these teams had a lot of upperclassmen too. It right, wasn't a bunch right. of freshmen one and done guys. Yeah, right. and I, I got to commend the NCAA, you know, uh, the, making the bubble in Indy, Indianapolis there, Indianapolis area, all within the state of Indiana. It worked. You know, we only had one game that got canceled, that right. VCU game. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, hats off to the NCAA. I think I think they pulled it off because we needed March Madness. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, um, let's go into some of the big coaching changes in college basketball since we're talking NCAA basketball. Um, a lot of the big ones seem to be in that Big 12 conference out there, which – you know, your your national championship came from there. Baylor came from there. So, uh, Chris Beard leaves uh, leaves Texas Tech, goes to Texas. I mean, two two blood rivals out there, and it's like, wow, that's that's pretty ballsy. Yeah, you have, have to go too far down the road. I think the uh, I think uh, the fans will let him hear about it the first time Texas has to go play at Texas Tech. I'm sure the fans are going to let him hear about it, but. 
you had a Texas Tech team under Chris Beard that finished 18 and 11. They won their first round game against Utah State, and then they lost by two to a, to a pretty solid Arkansas team. Um, you know, and then uh, so he leaves there, goes to Texas that finished 19 and eight, but they lost in their first round game to Abilene Christian. And I think that was the nail in Shaka Smart's coffin right there. I think that was, I think that's what cost him his job was that that opening round loss to a, to a very, I mean, obviously Abilene Christian is a good ball team, but didn't, nobody expected it to be on the level of Texas. So mm -hmm. give me, give me your thoughts on that, on that coaching change, Colton. Yeah. So I think uh, this is, this is a good hire for Texas. I think, um, you know, uh, Chris Beard, his five seasons at Texas Tech went 112 and 55, about a 67% winning, winning solid, percentage. Solid. Um, and uh, finished eight and two in NCAA tournament games. So, you know, pretty 80% winning percentage there in the NCAA tournament. So I think that's what Texas is, is looking for, you know, not just success in the regular season, but what can we do in, in that March Madness tournament? Um, so, you know, I think it's a good hire. Um, you know, prior, prior to him being hired at Texas Tech, five of the previous six years, Texas Tech had a losing record. So mm -hmm. he comes in, you know, they never had a losing record while he was there. So, he comes in, turns that turns that program around, you know, moves down the road here to Texas. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, hopefully he can get the offense figured out. He's always been known kind of as a as a defensive guy, um, mm -hmm. kind of a quick quick stat. Uh, none of his uh, 2019 Texas Tech team had the best uh, adjusted defensive rating efficiency ever recorded in the Ken Palm era at 84.1. Uh, so I kind of found that interesting, but. You know, if you do what even even this past year, they were a very hard nosed, mm -hmm. defensive minded team. So yeah. I think uh, you know the fans in Texas are gonna have to you know maybe get used to a little bit of you know low scoring ball games. Right. They, they they you know more than likely will come out on top in most of those games, but they may be some nail biters or you know some some slow scoring affairs. See if that, you can slow that Baylor team down next yeah, year. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there's some heavy hitters out in that Big Twelve conference. Right. You know, the, the Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, uh, Kansas, o Kansas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. You right. know they all they all had good seasons this year. Right, so right. that's a real competitive. You know that would put that, you know, right against the Big Ten as far as a competitive schedule out there. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what, what do you think? So, I mean, you talk about wanting to win win games come tournament time, but you know, Shaka Smart did that before he got to Texas. Is, he did. Is the problem a Texas problem? Maybe yeah. not the coaches. I mean, right. Shaka Smart's a heck of a basketball oh, coach. A great young, you know, great young ball felt, coach. Felt bad for him kind of getting the short end of the stick on this deal. I mean, I think they did hire a very good young, young up-and-coming coach who I think will do good things there. But I, I don't know. Maybe you just can't win big at Texas. I, I don't know. They did give Shaka six years, though. I mean, he was in Texas for six years. Um, you know, I – you know, and of course, look, while we're on Shaka, you know, now he's going to Marquette. So, good hire or bad hire for Marquette? Uh, I think it's a great hire for Marquette. He he did Shaka did uh, great things when he was was VCU before. VCU, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those smaller schools, he seems to work a little better there. And uh, he's replacing a guy, uh, Steve Wojciechowski, who uh, had a record of 128 and 95 in his time coaching. And Shaka Smart's all-time record is 272 and 142. Wow. So I mean, Shaka Smart's won a lot of basketball, and he he knows how to to take teams that aren't getting the the marquee recruits as some of these other schools and he knows how to blend those guys and get them playing well so he gets, I, the, I think most out of, he well gets the most out of his talent yeah. i think you're right matt i agree yeah um you know and, and marquette you know they they always dominated the central uh, the conference usa when they were in conference usa and they 
they came over to the Big Ten, I don't know, what, about eight, nine? The Big East. Or the Big East, I'm sorry. Yeah, they came over to the Big East about eight or nine years ago. And they, they started out, but in recent years, they've kind of been on decline in the Big East. They went, three years ago, they went 24 and 10, and two years ago, they went 18 and 12, and this year, they went 13 and 14. So, it's been kind of on the downhill slide. So, I agree with, with Matt. Uh, I think that's a good hire for Marquette. I think Chaka Smart's a good enough call. Yeah, guys, I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you guys. I got I got a bad hire here, and I, and I'm only saying this based on his numbers at Texas. Let's you know, let's not take away from what he did at VCU. But if I'm taking his resume of what he has most recently done, I'm saying bad hire. And here, here's why: uh, you know, his six seasons at Texas, he went 109 and 86, so about a 55 percent winning percentage. 0-3 in NCAA tournament games. Lost in the first round every single time. Mm, and, that's uh, a killer. If, you know, if, if we're talking, you know, if, if that's what Marquette's looking for, it, you know, Shaka hasn't won any games in the NCAA tournament. The previous coach that they just fired didn't win any either. So, I mean, you're replacing one one <clears throat> for the other. So, okay. I, I, but at the same time, you know, at the, at the same time, you know, Shaka went 52 and 56 in Big 12 play. So he actually had a losing record in, in conference, you know, conference play and actually missed the tournament three out of the six seasons he was there. So, and the other three he lost in the first round. Yeah, so. I, think he, I think he's still got to stick with his whole body of work, though. I mean, you're, you're just talking about his Big 12. I mean, we just talked about how great the Big 12 is. So to be close to 500 what? there. Right. He did all right. But the Big East is no joke here. It's, it's, it's not what it used to be. No, it's, it's not. It's, I'll give you that. But there's still some good ball teams yeah. out on the East Coast, right. too. So I, I just think, yeah, he's definitely going to have to maybe change something. You know, maybe there, yeah. It, once again, similar to like Chris Beard, he's always been a defensive-minded right. minded coach. Um, so – I you feel know, like they, he didn't have that same defense. Yeah. Like, like that VCU defense was always like they were just on you. I don't Scrappy. feel like when it, his players at Texas, I don't feel like did that same thing. I don't, well, you'll actually – you'll find this interesting. Actually, uh, you know, his teams, even those Texas teams, have never been ranked lower than 40th in defensive efficiency except for his first two seasons at VCU. So, okay. you know, even – He builds a defense. Yeah, even even at Texas, you know, where – yeah, it may just not have, it may there, not have been the yeah. same, or you know, you didn't notice it as much. Uh, you know, he still still build build the defense there. So, I just think, yeah, he's gonna have to. Yeah, I think nowadays, I'm not saying defense isn't important because I still feel it's important in the college game. But that's what not, won that game for Baylor in the yeah, national championship. I, I, in my I, mind. But I yeah. think you still have to focus a little bit on on the on the offense. Yeah, you, know, you can't little, go NBA defense. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Think you <laughs> can, you know, yeah, full NBA defense, but you can't also neglect your offense right, because you still right. got to put up some points because, right, you know, let's be honest, the two teams that played in the national championship, both of them were, you know, Baylor was averaging over 80, almost 90 points, and Gonzaga was averaging 90-some 90 90 points. So, yeah, you like know, that. while also still playing really great defense. That's so right. I think that, that he's going to have to maybe change his style a little bit to, to get, you know, to, to have some more success at Marquette. Yeah. All right, well, let's stay in the Big 12, and let's talk about Porter Moser going to Oklahoma from Loyola. Um, you know, Loyola's been a solid team. Went, he went 26 and, and 5. He's been there 10 years. I didn't realize he'd been there that long, yeah, but yeah. Uh, good hire or bad hire for Oklahoma, Matt? You know, I, I know I know Porter Moser's done a lot of good things here the last few years with Loyola, but his overall record's only 293 and 242. For, for Oklahoma, that's not that impressive a pickup for them. I think it's a bad hire. Lon Kruger's all-time record there that he just retired is 674 and 432. 
That, that's a lot of win in there. And it's I, a lot of win. I don't know that Moser's going to be able to pull it off at Oklahoma. I went back and forth on this one. It's still kind of a toss-up for yeah. me, but I, I, in the end, I said I said good hire. Um, you know, for me, I, I think it's a good hire for Oklahoma. Maybe not a good. You know, I'm sad to see him leave Loyola yeah. at the same time. I we'll think. see how good a fit it is for him. Right, right. Um, you know, it, I think at the same time, why I was kind of leaning bad hire. Um, you know. He went seven and twenty-three in his first season with Loyola. Went fifteen and sixteen in his second season, and then went ten and twenty-two with his third yeah. season. He's so, not going to get that much time at Oklahoma, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think he's going to. At the same time, he's going to be pulling from a hopefully a better recruiting, right. you know, sure. more exposure, national co- right. exposure. Right. So but you know what that comes other problems too. Right. It, sounds, it sounds great, but if it you does. can't get those guys to play together, and, and like so you, you know, honestly, with with Porter, I mean. He really didn't start to pick it up or really have a good breakout year until, you know, a couple of years ago when they went on that final four, you know, uh, run there. And this year, I'd say that they maybe even went below expectations because, I mean, they the way the media talked them up, you know, this was the year that they mm-hmm. were even going to go further than the final four. They, they had the team to go even further. And then, you know, they do beat, beat a nice, you know, a very good Illinois team, but then right. fall flat in that next game. So. Yeah. You know, I, I think this season was kind of below expectations. So, you know, definitely the pressure is on in Oklahoma. We'll see how he how he handles it. Uh, but for now, I'm going to say good good hire. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm not going to split you guys because I'm going to kind of ride the fence. So, <laughs> not, not that I won't make a decision on this, but I, I guess we'll just have like I said, I'm, we're going to see how he fits in there. I was I'm like Colton. I was sad to see him leave Chicago. Um, I think you know that was a good place for him, but. You know, I guess if a guy wants to get to the next level, he's got to go to a bigger school. But we'll see how it pans out for him. I wish him all the best. The last one I think we want – well, not the last one, but I guess the big one for me was uh, North Carolina. Um, you know, they they hired Hubert Davis, uh, nine-year assistant under Roy Williams. Uh, I, I To me, this is an awesome hire. This is fantastic for North Carolina. Yes. Um, you know, he, he played he played for Dean Smith. Hubert Davis did, um, and, uh, and and while we're talking about Roy Williams, let's give him a shout out in his retirement. The yeah. dude's a legend. You know, he's three Four, NCAA forty some years in the business. Yeah, nine hundred three and two sixty four all time yeah. record. Eighteen years in North Carolina, fifteen years before that at Kansas, and before that, you know, he was an assistant under Dean Smith at North Carolina, and it, you know, his coaching job. He was a high school coach before that, so this is a guy came out of high school went as an assistant to probably, if not the biggest basketball school in the country. Right. Under one of the the best coaches in college basketball history. Right. You know, so, you know, this guy, you know, and he was, he was, he went, he went to the Hall of Fame in 2006, I think, college, uh, NCAA College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006. And just, you know, he's going to, big shoes to fill, but I, I think for, I think for the people in North Carolina, the Tar Heel fans, that I don't think there was any other option but Hubert Davis. And man, I, I hope he lights it up down there. Yeah. Colton, I know you don't want to see that. You're a big fan. But, <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, but I want to see it. Good. It's good for the rival. You know, I'm sad to see Roy Williams go because you know he's good for the rival. Absolutely. You know, him and Coach K. You know, just two class acts going at it. You know, two times a year. And, and they're good friends too. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it more special. Yeah, and so you know, I'm, I'm sad to see Roy Williams go because you know I, I don't want to see our rival 
diminish as a result of that. You know, I want I wanted those games to be good games. I want right. you know, I want to see UNC be good so that when we beat them, we beat the best UNC exactly. team. So, exactly. but uh, no, I, I like this hire for for UNC. If they're if they're keeping it in that UNC family, I think this is was was the best the best hire. Uh, you know, the only one I thought you know they might consider is possibly Jerry Stackhouse, but we we kind of talked about it even before the show, or you know even you know a couple weeks ago. I just don't think Jerry Stackhouse is ready to take over for a program that that big. He's, yeah, he's actually kind of struggling a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, but he's only been there two years. So. Right. Don't right. you say that, but he's at least got head coaching experience. He Hubert Davis hasn't right. had a head coaching you're, day you're in right. his life. I just think that no at, doubt at the end of the day, it's kind of a continuation of Roy Williams yeah. being that lead assistant for the last nine years. Right. To me, it seems like. I know it comes as a shock, you know, to everybody that Roy Williams retired. It came out of nowhere. But has this past nine years been kind of a mentoring program for right. Hubert Davis? Like, right. And Roy was Williams it, and was Roy Williams the one that actually made the pick? Right. You know, right. They might, I, I think I probably had a lot to do with it. I think it did too. And uh, you know, I found this this kind of interesting. But this is actually the uh, the first African American coach in UNC basketball history. First wow. time that an African American will be coaching good, good UNC. Good for Hubert. I like so, that. I, I hope he likes. You know, it and I, I you know everybody wants to say okay, he doesn't have the coaching experience, but he also did you know spend some time uh, with the Dallas Mavericks organization as a player development coach. So I mean. Yeah, he doesn't have that head coaching, but look how much success Jawan Howard has had. I, I know he right. spent a lot of years as an NBA assistant and, you know, played mm-hmm. a lot of years in the NBA and stuff right. like that. But, you know, it's it's been successful for Jawan, so we'll see, you know, if Hubert can do the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence on this one. I, I, I do like that, you know, it's, it's a guy who's been in the system and he's, he's learned under the coach, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of – there'll be continuity there. Right. But – I don't know. North Carolina is one of those jobs where yeah. you got to have a marquee you're, guy. You're under a microscope. There's a lot of pressure. It's, it's going to be pressure. tough. And yeah. I, so I'm on the fence. I'll, I'll, I'll wait a year or two, I guess, before <laughs> I decide. Because <laughs> I, I just I don't know. It's I, I feel like they needed somebody that has a resume already. I well, just, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. I mean, you're under a microscope. It's like a you know the football head football coach at Alabama or, or Ohio State right. or somebody like that. So. Um, I think that, yeah, he's definitely under microscope, but I think going along with what Colton said, maybe his connection to the NBA might help, you know, help him draw some big time recruits too. If they think he has that, you know, that handshake with some of these NBA teams. So. Um, hopefully it works out for Hubert. I, I, I'm excited for it. I guess short of Jawan Howard, how many times have you seen this work at a big pro? It, it works a lot in small programs. Right. right. I, I know. Right. No experienced coach, you know, t- takes over and does well, but. You don't see it very often in big time, so yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is obviously only Jawan Howard's second season at, right. at Michigan or, you know, whatever. So we'll see if he can continue. I mean, he's got the best recruiting class coming in next right. year. We'll see what he can do with that talent. Yeah. But, right. you know, it's always a, the, the coaches that last the longest are the ones that can do it year after year after year. And that's what they expect in North Carolina, right. whether yeah. it's you know, in Chapel Hill or, or, uh, in, in, at Duke, yeah, you know, down the road, so. right. So that's what they expect. They want you to be a contender top of the, you know, win the ACC and go deep into the tournament yeah. every year. They, they don't, they won't settle for anything less. So Matt, I know you got one more you want to talk about a move in the big 10. You yeah. want to talk about Indiana a little bit? Yeah, we got Indiana. They, uh, they fired Archie, Archie Miller this year. Uh, he's got a two Oh six, one twenty one all time record. They hired a guy who hasn't coached in college. Uh, he, he did play for Indiana, though, coming up, uh, Mike Woodson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's been a, an assistant in the NBA, and he's also – He coached. was in Cleveland. 
Yeah. Wasn't yeah. he in Cleveland? I don't know if he was in Cleveland. He might have been an assistant in yeah, Cleveland. Assistant I think he was. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been, been a head coach for the he's Hawks. He's been and with Knicks. seven different teams, and yeah, the yeah. head coach of the Hawks and Knicks. His, yeah. his all-time NBA record is three fifteen and three sixty-five. But yeah. you got to remember that's the Hawks and the Knicks. He did take the Hawks to the playoffs right? and, and took the Knicks to the playoffs yeah, the first well. time in yep. decades. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, the, the guy's a proven winner in the NBA with not so great talent. So you know, if, if he can transition that into Indiana, I think. I think that could be a good hire for them. Though I, I do feel like Archie Miller kind of got the raw end of the deal here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they lured him out of uh, Dayton where he was doing some great things. And, you know, I, I thought they should have given him a little more of a chance than they have. I think so, too. But, uh, you know, Indiana's one of those schools where they, they think they're a blue blood. And they, I think their blue blood days have long since passed them. So yeah, I, right. I think it's just tough there. And I, I guess kind of why we're talking about Archie Miller might as well talk about his brother too, who just got canned today in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, Sean, Sean Miller, John Miller out yeah. after Sean twelve Miller seasons out. in Arizona. You know, yeah, which, I read that. Uh, you know, there's a lot, lot of lot of scandal yeah, and allegations some, going on. A lot of controversy swirling around out there so, in Arizona with that. I think, uh, they just want to kind of just you know the, distance themselves. The Arizona, yeah, management, you know, there wanted to kind of distance themselves from that bad news or you know whatever, and then just start no, I mean, fresh. that was never said here. But I wonder if some of that stink could have rubbed off on Archie too, just. The fact that you know they, they they've done a lot of things similar, like oh, yeah. could he possibly have been doing the same type of stuff? Yeah, you hope not. I mean, you hope that you know if there was no connection, right? Right. No, and, yeah, there hasn't been, but yeah. you just it makes you wonder if. Oh yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully. All right. Well, is that that it for our wrap up with the NCAA? I mean, I'm yeah. sorry to see March Madness go, but it's it came and went. That's yeah, for sure. And it was an exciting it, tournament. It, it yeah. was awesome. Well, the first two rounds for me were exciting. I, I think everything else kind of kind of worked, worked itself until, out. Until that UCLA game, that UCLA yeah. Gonzaga game, I really enjoyed watching. Oh, yeah. Eleven of the final fifteen games were all won by double digits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that that got kind of dull there. It did. The end, right. But, right. but the cream kind of rose to the top yeah. too a little bit. I think Absolutely. so. All right, well, let's do some golf, fellas. What do you think? We got the, the big one, the Super Bowl of golf <laughs> this weekend, uh, and it's back in the springtime like it's supposed to be. We got the Masters starting tomorrow. Um, who's your Who's your favorite to win, Matt? Who do you like? Uh, I think you got to got to stick with last year's winner and the uh, number one overall player in the world right now, and Dustin Johnson. Mm. Tell you what, he's a uh, he's gone eleven consecutive rounds at the Masters under par. And he, he won the Masters last year, shooting a magnificent course record, 20 under par. 20 under. I mean, that's just one heck of a golfer right there. We'll yeah. see if the course plays like it did in November. Right. They uh, switched up some holes. Again, they, I've, they, I've heard that the, the course is playing a little bit fast, and the greens are playing like concrete. So yeah. we'll see. They uh, said it's a tougher course this year. Yeah, so should be fun. Yeah, should, um, be should be fun to watch. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like Dustin. I think he's playing real good right now. But I, I kind of like Jordan Spieth this weekend, fellas. He's playing hot right yeah, now. Yeah, he just won the Texas Open on Sunday. He's putting. He's picked up like two and a half putts around that he's playing better. That You know, his putting's two and a half uh, shots better this year. Um, I, he's, a, he's, he's a 10 to 1 at Vegas. Uh, Dustin, Dustin Johnson's an 8 to 1. So uh, it's not like he's a dark horse. He's, mm. he's one of the best players in golf. But. I kind of like Jordan Spieth this weekend. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about, you know, I, I don't think this is a guy who's going to win, but can we talk about Bryson DeChambeau? The, yeah, the, the man, actually, I, I, don't I had we, him on my list to talk I got about. Him on my list. The, the, the man that just, Maybe not for the same reasons you guys got well, him maybe, on your list, yeah, but he's maybe on my not, list. But, uh, I actually think he has a shot to win this thing. He, he does, you know, he, he potentially could, you know, because, you know, he's the man that's 
so supposedly cracked golf that it's broken <laughs> golf because he can, you know, smash it out, you know, smash it off the course. Yeah, it uh, you leaves know. the PGA and drive. Right. Difference. And, uh, you know, but I think at the same time, you know, that's gotten him into trouble at the Masters because mm-hmm. I, I think at the Masters, the way the course plays, it's not always who can drive the furthest. Right. Sometimes I think that course plays, you have to put the ball in the right position. Right. And I, I think and that's, you know, what you saw when Tiger Woods won it, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's he's not driving that ball as, as much like he as he used to, to and, you know, right. hitting it as hard as he used to. He's playing smart. But he knows that course. He knows where the ball has to be to put himself in a good position to, you know, score low. Right. And so I think that's what this course does. But you never – I mean – when you can hit it that far, you don't got much to go to, right, you know, right. get yourself in contention. And and but you know, I'll, he, g- I'll give you an interesting stat on his and his four previous uh, appearances in the Masters, he hasn't finished inside the top twenty. Yeah, he's so. he's really struggled there. And what I read today, I was just happening to pick this up today. The the changes that they made are even going to make it. Uh, I guess for his style of game, his style of game suits the course even less. Mm-hmm with the changes that they made this year. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a DeChambeau he, I, fan. I, <laughs> I think the guy's bad for golf. I, I, he, I don't know. I saw him at the Memorial and I, I kind of like, him. he has, he has a swagger that you either love or you hate right. him. You know, I'm not trying to start any controversy. <laughs> I, I think he's one that kind of bends. I won't say breaks the rules, but, Plays the edges a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, I'm a traditionalist, I guess, when it, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to that. For sure. I'm a terrible golfer, <laughs> but I'm a traditionalist nonetheless. I think uh, at the same time, you know, he, he made some comments earlier in the week, which should be interesting, that he's bringing a surprise in his yeah. bag. A secret weapon. Yeah. Something, yeah, they said something about a new club head design yeah, so or something. He changed, so. I, I don't he know if that means. on his driver or, or yeah, something. What like that, that means, if it's a driver, you know, another club that he's changed up to try to get some more distance or what. But God should, help the rest of the court, the rest of the field if he's hitting it farther um, and goodness. hitting it straight. Yeah, right? At this point, yeah. I mean, if you can drive the green like Happy Gilmore on right. every hole, I mean, <laughs> it's right. pretty easy to go low if you can do that. <laughs> right, but. Right. You know, all jokes aside, you know, guys, I, I like I like Justin Thomas coming in. He was this. one. I had him on my. He just won the Players Championship. Yeah, he, coming in, and and here's why. You know, a uh, little little stat of you know, I found this interesting. But did you guys know that only 53 golfers have won the the uh, Masters tournament? So there's, I think this is like the 80 something. You we've know, had a ma- lot of Masters. So a guy that plays well there plays well there a lot. Yeah. So we've had you know 53 golfers that have won the Masters, and of those 53. On average, the person that wins gets their first green jacket. It's usually in their sixth appearance, and this will be Justin Thomas's sixth appearance. I had him on my radar, and he's playing some pretty good golf, he pretty is. decent golf, and you he know, is. right, pretty pretty young guy, and you know, obviously sixth appearance, so he's played the course and you know knows the course. Um, so you know, I like I like Justin Thomas, but I like Matt. You know, Matt's pick too, Dustin. You know, Dustin Johnson. You know, defending champ. Yeah. You can't pick against. Hard him. to pick against. Either. You know, he's playing real good golf right. too at the moment too. So, but uh, you know, I, I like Justin Thomas to make a make a push there. Yeah. All right, very good. Yeah, there's one other guy I like. Just a, just a personal favorite for me, just because he uh, currently lives about 20 minutes down the road from us here in Westerville, Ohio, and that's Jason Day. Oh, okay. You know, I, I'm hoping he, he shoots a good round. He's currently 37th in the world. He, he's a former number one. Uh, he hasn't won a tournament since 2019, but he, he's played well at the Masters. He's finished in the top 10 three times. With the, with the best finish of second. So 
No, I'm I'm watching for him to do well as well. Yeah. Nice to see Ohio boy wearing a green jacket. And, and nice. uh, you know, I mean, he's actually an Australian, but we'll take him. Since he moved well, here, so. right, living here now. So yeah, we'll claim him as Ohio. And, and I think another big storyline is there will be fans at this yeah. event. Now, a limited number won't be as many. I think uh, they they haven't released an exact number, but I saw something where they're estimating about twelve thousand per day, which is down from their usual forty to fifty thousand per day. So. Lot. So about you know a fourth of the capacity, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, yes, we're getting a little bit of their practice round today. We're getting there. there. We're getting so there. I nice think I think you'll start to see a little bit of that crowd noise, some yeah. some real noise, you know, right, happening, right. which I think is good for golf. But at the same time, you know, we also got to say there will be no Tiger, no Woods, Tiger Woods on yeah. the golf course. Yeah. What well. do you think of the news that came out of the out of? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And then they announced he was speeding. Okay. They announced today that you know he was going 83 miles an hour in a 45 zone. Which, let's face it, that's not smart. Right. But what was the point of keeping that a secret? Yeah, to I me, know. to me, that almost makes me think there's even more to the story. Right. That yeah. that they're saying, oh, he was going too. Uh, first, we're not going to release anything. Right. And now all of a sudden, oh, he was going too fast. Yeah. Uh, and they're know. saying he didn't get preferential treatment, but anybody else who got Got caught after the fact, speeding like that would have got a ticket. They they didn't ticket him either. So, right. so. but I, that's all famous people. Yeah. That's not just Tiger Woods. Right. That's no, not no. a knock on Tiger. And I, you know, I'm, I, and I love Tiger Woods. Don't get me wrong. I think you know he's been good for golf over the years, and I I hope he recovers and can make a comeback. I think it'd be good for golf. But I don't know. Just uh, whoever's managing his uh, PR campaign right. right now. I think they made a grave error by saying, "Oh, we're going to keep this hush hush." And then, they and, then and then two air. days later, they were saying, "Oh, he was just driving too fast." Yeah, yeah. to me, it, it, you know, it, it smells. When the original thing was he fell asleep, but then the, the, in the news conference they were talking today, <laughs> he he was correcting the steering wheel, so he couldn't have fallen asleep. So yeah. the, the story's changed about seven times, right, which right. makes things so we'll, think. Will a we more. ever know the full truth no. at this point? I don't think so. But. All right. Well, that let's uh, move on from the the Masters there. Let's um, let's do, do our little uh, blazing bets segment of the week. We each, we each took an NBA game. Matt, we'll let you start out. Yeah, I got the uh, the Lakers and the Heat game, which is a uh, Thursday, April eighth at seven thirty p.m. Uh, the Heat right now are a nine point favorite uh, going into the game. So uh, both the the Heat and the Lakers are four and six in their last ten games. Uh, the Lakers are of course still without LeBron James and Anthony Davis and. Uh, Andre Drum- Drummond's also not playing because he uh, hurt his toe. So uh, I-, I think with uh, with the Lakers having having that many guys out, I, I think the Heat are going to take this one being at full capacity. I- the spread the spread kind of worries me a-, a little bit, but I I think they can cover the nine. I, I think the Heat wins. They're in they're in Miami too, right? Yes, I believe. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the uh, Milwaukee Bucks versus the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, that game is also tomorrow, tomorrow night, nine o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, and I, I couldn't find a spread for this game, so I'm just, I look too. I I'm just find finding a, 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 you know, picking a winner here. But I think a lot of the reason that Vegas or you know all the odds makers aren't really putting out a, a spread on this one is because Giannis is off and on hurt, day you know, kind day. of day to day with yeah. a knee with a knee issue. So who knows if he's going to play? At the same time, uh, you know, Kristaps Porzingis for the Mavericks has been uh, dealing with some injury issues. Um, he is expected to play tonight in their game, but so far this season has not played in back-to-backs. So, you know, that probably means he's not playing, you know, for, for Dallas tomorrow. But the odds makers are probably waiting to hear what happens with those two injuries before they set their line. 
but I'm taking the Bucks. The Mavericks have been playing pretty great here they recently. Uh, they've won five of their last six and seven of their last ten. Um, so, you know, they got a little bit of momentum. They're, they're, they're playing well, but at the end, I think, uh, you know, I, I expect Giannis to play more than I do for Zingas. So I think uh, if that's the case, I just don't know how the Mavericks are going to match up with Giannis to be able to slow him down. I like the, the Bucks to, to win this. All and, right. uh, you know, going back from last week, I'm 0-1 on my Same. pick from last week. Yeah. So hopefully I can get back on the winning winning record. Here. Actually, I think all of us regulars are 0-1. Yeah. Our fill-in was the only one to get a game right last <laughs> right. week. That's why we're not having him come back. <laughs> He's going to make the regulars look bad. He's not coming back. Um, I took the Suns versus the Clippers game. Uh, Vegas has the Clippers uh, winning by five. Um, but the Clippers are 34-18, and 18, but they're only 30-22 and 22 against the spread. Um, the Suns are 35 and 14. They're 32 and 17 against the spread. Um, the only injury that anybody's dealing with, the Clippers, uh, Sergi Baca's out. He's been out since the 24th of March with a back with a back issue. Um, I, I like the Suns actually. Uh, if you're going to give me points, I'll take the Suns. Um, take them, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think not having a Baca in the starting lineup, and uh, you know we'll. Uh, Five points is pretty narrow, but uh, we'll take the Suns with that. Um, and then uh, we, we got uh, – we actually had an internet question come in this week um, from one of our uh, listeners, longtime listeners. So I'll let the professor read that off to you, and then we'll, we'll give our roundtable on that. Yeah, so one of our, one of our followers uh, asked us, you know, barring, you know, everybody's healthy for both of these teams, who are you taking in a seven-game series? The Brooklyn Nets? Or the late Los Angeles Lakers. You know, this is saying that everyone is healthy because both teams are dealing with injuries and, you know, can't get this scene to keep their starting lineup healthy or, you know, whatever. So all of them are healthy. Who are you picking in a seven game series? Well, I, you know, that that's a really great question. I'm glad we got that. Only the only problem is I, I'm kind of stumped because <laughs> um, you know, like like Colton said, nobody, neither one of the teams are healthy right now. So I don't think we really know um, you know, what they're full potential is at this point you know the the nets were really starting to gel after they made the trade and uh, you know they they were going to be going to become the powerhouse in the east and now you know the injury bug hit them um gosh i had seven game series i, I gotta go i gotta take the lakers i guess because of the experience the final the the nba finals experience with that lineup you know lebron james and and, and anthony davis you know, they added Andre Drummond. You know, we're, we're kind of chuckling about his toe. But, you know, that thing don't sound like a joke. They said he can't even put his – he can't even put his freaking shoe on. It yeah. swelled up so big. So, I mean, yeah. that that's that would be painful, dude. Right. I, you know, that, that would stink. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Andre's not feeling the greatest about that. You know, he gets traded in 15 minutes in the first game, and he has his toe injury. But, <laughs> Um, I will say Gasol looks like he's had something to prove now that Drummond's out because right. he's I, actually starting. To did kind of. I think. Right. Yeah, I think he was a little upset that he kind of got slighted there a little bit that they brought Drummond in. But um, you know, in a seven-game series, I think I'm going to have to go with the Lakers. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I it's tough. It definitely it is. is tough. It's a tough. Uh, and I mean, this is a question basically asking who's winning the finals this year because yeah. you know, if we're if we're being honest, you know. A lot of these two, a lot of these are the odds on favorites. Yeah, these are the two favorites to win win the uh, NBA finals or be there in the finals. Win their respective conferences. Yeah, yeah. so 
you know, if I'm taking it, yeah, I'm taking the Lakers. Uh, you know, we talked about quite a bit actually last week about Drummond being a better signing than, you know, I think even Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge combined. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Andre Drummond is, you know, head and shoulders above, above both of them. And so I, I think, you know, you add that piece for basically no money at all. Yeah. And then you get a healthy LeBron James and a healthy, you know, Anthony Davis. I like the Lakers, like Dad said, with that experience in the in the finals, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I I don't want to pick against Kevin Durant because you know he's always seemed to have you know kind of LeBron's number when it comes to the coming to the NBA Finals. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know LeBron has has had his number too. So it's it's been a you know pretty good rivalry. And um, but uh, you know I'm I'm taking the Lakers with this. Well, I guess I'm going to pull up the spot that Braden usually pulls up in, and I'll be I'll be the one to dissent here. I'm going with the Nets. All right. I, I think uh, I think the Nets with the youth on their side is is going to be able to kind of speed up and down the court a little more, play a little faster, and I, I think the Lakers will have a, a trouble with the guards of the Nets. Kyrie and uh, and uh, and Harden, Harden are going to be a, a tough tough two guys for the, Those the Lakers. Those two guys to guard. when they're healthy. I don't know anybody in the NBA that can guard either one of them guys. When they're, they're, the problem is, is that the other end ain't uh, playing a lick of defense. They are a I, I mean, I know they don't know. No nobody defense. in the NBA plays like, defense. Like I, I call the Nets the all no defense team. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of my moniker for them, my nickname for them. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Lakers guard play, though, is, is very yeah. underwhelming. Right, and I think right. that could pose a huge right. matchup problem for the Lakers in the finals. Because I, I think Durant and LeBron, they can guard each other. They right. can they can play each other. They'll be fine there. Yeah, they kind of cancel and, each other out and, there. And you, yeah, the, the Nets probably don't have anybody who can play AD straight up, but I think those guys they, they throw, just brought they in. They can throw bodies they got, they got at him. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think the guards is where the difference is, and I, I think that's clearly on the Nets side. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good good pick. Um, let's real quick, because there's a couple more topics we want to get to before we get out of here tonight. Let's real quick. Uh, the NBA trade deadline was last week. Um, we're just going to give you a couple of what we thought were winners and losers on the trade deadline. Bert, right off the bat, I'm going to give you my biggest loser, what I think, and, and that was the Lakers. They kind of put all their eggs in one basket trying to get uh, uh, Kyle Lowry, and it fell through. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and I think that would have helped them in, the, yeah. you know, in that guard Absolutely. guard position like you were talking about, Matt. But so they wound up picking up Andre Drummond, which I think was a good a good pickup for them with LeBron and um, and Anthony Anthony Davis being injured right now. They picked it wasn't at the trade deadline. They picked him up on the buyout market, which still goes on for another week or so. I think we got I two think. more two more days at this point. Two more days. Um, so, but the only problem, like we talked before, Andre Drummond, he gets his first game and he whacks his toe out of joint. So <laughs> and that was his first game he had played in like a month too, yeah, because yeah, you know. So. The Cavs basically sat him because they weren't gonna didn't see him in their long term future, so they wanted to keep him healthy to try to possibly get as much out of him as they could. So didn't work out. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, so to me, uh, you know, they're obviously they want LeBron and, and AD to be healthy. So if they're predicting them to be healthy, why did they really need Andre Drummond? They needed a guard, yeah. you know, and they wanted Kyle Lowry and they didn't get him. Right, so right. you know, who else was out there? Should they have went after George Hill? Yeah, I, I don't know. So I guess to me the Lakers were the loser by really not doing anything. By mm-hmm. by doing nothing, I think they got worse. My winner, uh, I think the Miami Heat. Uh, I love the Victor Oladipo's game. Uh, you know he and put him in there with Jimmy Butler and 
Bam Adebayo. You know, that's a trio of guards right there that can just that can just tear it up. Jim, I love the way Jimmy Butler plays, yeah. man. He he goes all out. He's yeah. diving for balls. He's he's definitely, on the floor. Definitely on both sides of the ball kind yeah. of play. Yeah, and, and Aladipo will play defense as well. I mean, as much as you can call it defense in the NBA. So to me, the big winner in the trade deadline was uh, was the Miami Heat. Yeah, and for, for the Oladipo, they really didn't give up that much either. No. They gave up Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a 2022nd draft swap. So it's not like they're even losing a pick. And Avery right? Bradley wasn't even playing. So yeah, right. Yeah. And Olenek, he, I mean, he does okay, but he's he's just your average six-man kind of guy. He's, yeah. he's not a superstar by any means. So you get Oladipo for that package. That's, that I was a pretty impressive move. move. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so I have to agree with Dad. My winner was was the Heat, and uh, you know a lot of the same things he said. But you know the big thing is, you know they they traded for a lot of people, not just Victor Oladipo. They you know also went out and got uh, Trevor Ariza. Mm-hmm. They also got uh, a replacement for Kelly Olynyk, and I'm probably gonna butcher this name, but uh, Nemenya Bialitsa, which uh, you know everything I was kind of reading about him and things, they're they're claiming he's even a better upgrade than Co- Kelly Olynyk. Kind of plays the same kind of stretch yeah. four yeah, position, the same position, and and uh, you know but kind of an upgrade from from that. So. You know, hopefully that pans out for them. But as a result of all those trades, they only had to give up a first and second round pick, and they didn't have to trade any of their young core guys to get right. those guys. So, yeah. you know, that that's kind of what you want to do if you're, you know, looking to kind of, you know, add at the trade deadline without giving up too much. So right. I think the Heat were the big winner there. And for me, the loser is the Houston Rockets. Uh, Gosh, Houston is just taking, I mean, not just the Rockets, but just the city of Houston has just, oh, uh, it's demoralizing for that city right now uh, with all of their tra- all of their sports teams. But uh, right now, Houston's 13-36. and 36. They've at, at one point lost 22 games in a row. I wow. think it was that snowstorm. Nobody wants to live out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can't handle three inches of snow. I, I guess not. But, you know, I, I think this is kind of a buildup. You know, Houston, you know, 2019, they bring in Chris Paul to tag team with James Harden. That, that lasted out. one season. Didn't work. Chris Paul's gone. They they swap him for Russell Westbrook while also giving up four first-round picks. Russell Westbrook, one season in Houston, gone. doesn't work. Yeah. They get rid, of, get rid of him. They swap him for John Wall, who hasn't played in almost two seasons. So if they thought that was a replacement for, you know, Russell yeah. Westbrook. And if you're James Harden, you're sitting there going, what are these? What are these guys doing to me right. here? You know, they're they're wasting my best years in the NBA. And and they only got one first round conditional pick in return. Also, so you know they lost four picks by getting Russell Westbrook. They get rid of him and they only get one um, first round pick in return, and it's a conditional one. Then you know they uh, you know at this trade downline or you know around the James Harden trade, you know he wants out of Houston. They trade him away. They, they walk away with eight first-round picks, which seems like, you know, okay, good. Problem is, four of those eight picks are pick swaps with teams that are going to be picking in the probably in the late first round. So you're not right. going to swap. You're not, you're so you're higher. not getting much. You're right. not getting anything. Yeah, that, they, then, they, then two of the other four of those eight picks mm-hmm. are teams that are playing well, too. So they're going to be picking at, you know, at so a lot end. of their picks are at right. the back half yeah. of the first round. Or, you know, re- uh, refresh my memory. What's the owner's name out there in Houston? I can't think of his name. Right I, now. I, I, had, had, yeah. I thought I had it written down, but they said that's right. the problem. No, he was the GM. He won't, he's with the 76 He won't now. spend any money, they said. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's just too tight to own the NBA team. So now the Rockets trade for Victor Oladipo, you know, as a result of the James Harden. You get Victor Oladipo, obviously trade him at the trade deadline too. Get two players that, you know, aren't the wave of the future in Houston. They're talking about cutting both of them. 
And in the end, they're they, going to cut them and re-sign them, probably. Well, no, they just they don't want them. They don't even want to play them. Yeah, they're, they're, right. They're, so let's talk about and, release. And they get a 2022 first round pick, which once again will be at the end of the first round. Yeah. So it's like they 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 made all of these moves, all these moves, and now that you know they didn't work, they didn't work, but they didn't get anything returned when right. they didn't work either. So now they really, even if they want to tank. It's not like they're going to tank to get a top 10 talent because they ain't got any picks yeah. in the top 10 picks. Right, so right. it's a, yeah, a, a sticky situation. Houston's going to be bad for, for a long time. For a long time. Yeah. So yeah, I'm afraid you're right. That's, Matt, sad. That's sad for a team that uh, won back-to-back championships in the Jordan era. I mean, obviously Jordan wasn't in town playing <laughs> baseball, but, uh, right, yeah. right. you know, still, right. Right, it was right. a once, once happy franchise there. It was. Matt, what you got for winners and losers at the trade deadline? You know, I'm with you guys on on the Heat as the winners. I mean, they they they're already in the in the middle of that East, and I, I think this makes them even stronger to get them closer to the top. So I I think that's some great pickups for the Heat. Uh, to you me, think, the, real quick, Matt, do you think that that you know they picked up Oladipo to go you know to try to counteract those guards in it in the in, at the net at the Nick or the Nets? I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that would Brooklyn. definitely that, the, their guard play will definitely help stack up against the, the, yeah, the guys the Nets have. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. Him and Butler are both known as you know pretty decent defenders, or right, you know right, actually right. like to play defense. You know compared to the rest of the NBA, so I think yeah, that definitely they're definitely. So we we definitely got to be on the watch out for Oladipo though, because he he hasn't quite shown to be the Oladipo right. of that before the be, injury. Right. So yeah, he's I, not I mean, been the same yeah. since he came back. We are all talking about the name Oladipo right now. Right, right. It, it may not work out as well as we're thinking if he doesn't get back to his former self. Right. But, but yeah, I, I think the Heat did some great things there. I, I think to me the loser is is Orlando. They they just yeah. blew up the team and they they really got nothing in return. In return. I mean they got a some future first round picks, but it doesn't even say when they're going to be. So what, what, what a future first round pick means, I don't even know. Right. Uh, they got a few second rounders and, and some random players that they don't even want on their team. So it's, right. I, I mean, the magic just blew this whole thing up. And I, I guess sometimes that's what you got to do. Just start over. But yeah. for, for a team like Orlando, who's been starting over for quite a while now. <laughs> yeah. when, when do you stop starting over right. and try when, to build? When, when do you actually start building a contender and yeah. stop hitting the rebuild button? Right. All right, we got just a couple of minutes, fellas. Let's get into this Sam Darnold to the Panthers trade. Colton, I know this is one's kind of close to your heart. As <laughs> yeah. You're a green machine over there, but uh, you know, uh, give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, so anybody that knows me knows how I felt about Sam Darnold from the beginning before the Jets even drafted him. I was well, yeah, we all we all saw him at the combine. We actually talked about him yeah, right. there watching him throw. I, him. I didn't think him. he looked good at the yeah. combine when we saw him. I mean, I, I wasn't impressed with him even in his final yeah. year in college, and I didn't think that he was – going to be anybody's franchise QB right. and you know lo and behold the Jets draft him and I'm thinking oh my goodness we wasted a pick and uh, you know lo and behold after three years we trade you know trade him away and you know at this point you basically say the Jets with their number two pick this year are going for another QB oh, so yeah. we're yeah. starting over again at the most important position in the you know in the NFL but uh, you know he just, was third. He was third, right? He was number three. Yeah, number first three. round, number yeah, three. Yeah, okay. and uh, you know, of all the, it, it's kind of strange because of that QB class, he's probably at the bottom because you know you got Josh Allen, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Baker Mayfield in that wow. group, and he's really hasn't performed to yeah. any of those. And those guys have, you know, have made it to the playoffs. And I, I get it. New York has not had the talent. Yeah, that some he of hasn't had anything around. You can't him. put it all on, on him, him. But, but I think, like I said, there, there have been flashes where I say, "Man, this guy has got it." 
But then there are other times, even in his third season, you say, man, that's a rookie mistake, man. You can't be making – if you right, want to keep right. getting better, you can't be making those kind of mistakes. Right. So I just – I didn't see the progressive, you know, kind of, you know, getting better every year like you see with the other QBs from his class. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it, the talent has not been there. Right. But the, He doesn't I, have a lot of weapons I'm, around him. There, there have been other QBs in the history of the NFL that have done more with less. Yeah. And yeah. so I just, you know. He goes to Carolina, and they got a they got some weapons around. They got there. a sixth round pick in twenty twenty one, and a second and a fourth in twenty. So they got like basically nothing for right. for a guy that was a number. And three. I'm I'm honestly not surprised that that's what they got because right. when they when this you know these trade rumors of Darnold coming around first came out, they were saying you know New York's going to get a first rounder or an early second no round, way. and I was thinking, man, that that seems high That'd to me. I, I so I think honestly the Jets got the value. That they should have for for Darnold based, based on his performance. You know, he's going to so, go down there to Carolina and compete against Teddy Bridgewater. Well, for they're talking about job. Bridgewater maybe getting his release because he's asking for a release now that they got him. So. Oh, really? I thought the article I read said they thought they were going to let him compete and see see who came out on top. Yeah. You know, Sam Darnold he, he, in three seasons he never finished above twenty sixth in the NFL and in, uh, in uh, his you know his rate his quarterback rating. So. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm sorry for saying I mean I would I was hoping that he would he would improve, but you know his, his I thought his rookie season was he looked you know because a lot of those mistakes you can contribute to him being in the but like Colton said he just never he never took that next step he never he didn't improve so yeah uh, it looks like the Jets are going to go after uh, Zach Wilson from BYU I'm hearing they got the number two pick um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I've said it all all year. I've said it, you know, whatever. Honestly, I'm, I'm also disappointed that the Jets traded Sam Donald at the same time because if we're not getting Trevor Lawrence, I, I'm sorry, fellas, but none of these other QBs are, I think, are, are NFL ready at this moment. I'm not saying that any of none of them will be good in the NFL. I'm just saying to me, Trevor Lawrence looks like the head and shoulders above the rest as an as an NFL as a, quarterback you I can agree. plug him in and he's going to play well I, I think but you know so that's why I'm saying you know the Jets then spent some money went out and got some weapons in the offseason here okay you know now Darnold has a little bit to you know work with or whatever and they have two first round picks this year and two first round picks next year so you know you got some you know some picks to you know surround him with some weapons mm-hmm. so you know, but at the same time, he goes to Carolina. He has a little bit more weapons. DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey has a better O line. So at this point, if Darnold can't cut it in Carolina, he's yeah, probably done. He's probably, it's, it's make or break. Time yeah, for him. yeah. yeah and so, and and they get him at a very cheap price. He's yeah. only this year. Yeah, it was a bargain. This year, they're only gonna. He's only gonna be on the books for about five million dollars. They are, you know, I'm reportedly hearing that they are gonna pick up his fifth year option next year, which is about eighteen million. So I mean they're about out twenty for some million. Starting NFL quarterback, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, for for two years, you know, they get to basically see him, see what he can do. Um, but I did find it interesting, you know, that they did trade for him because uh, based on you know metrics and stats, they are saying that by switching, you know, starting quarterbacks to Sam Darnold, the Panthers' win projections actually goes down from seven and a half wins. <laughs> To about six wins. And was that with Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater? And that's with Teddy Bridgewater okay. as a starting QB. You know, and their playoff chances take an even bigger hit. Huh. They are, you know, about seventeen and a half percent chance to make the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater. 
If Sam Darnold has a starting QB, it drops down to 6.2%. Oh, wow. So I don't understand. You know, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why, you know, then they do go after, you know, Sam Darnold uh, when I know Bridgewater didn't do great things last year, but it's one year. Right. I mean, you got to give him a little bit and of time. He more flashes than, than Darnold yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, but I, was that because he had more weapons around him? Like, like you said, right, right. McCaffrey and a, a be, obviously a much better offensive line. Well, they're, they're saying this move shows a lot of the of Watson's kind of going in the tank right now because of everything around him. So right, right. I think, at the, I think at the same time, no, you, you have a new regime in New York as well who didn't draft Darnold. You know, the, the regime that, that drafted Darnold, they're all they're gone. gone right. The head coach is gone. The, you know, GM is gone. It's a new era yeah. in, in New York. So they have no attachment to Sam. That happens a lot with quarterbacks. Yeah. In the NFL. I mean, you look at uh, Haskins. You know that regime kind of went out the door, and, and right. Haskins is gone too. He was right behind. Right. Him. So yeah. I think at the same time, you know, bring in a new coach. This is the I think the second or third year with the new GM. So they they want to get their guy. They want to get who they think is going to be the franchise QB. I don't know if it's going to be in any of the other ones other than Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, I'm, I'm Trevor Lawrence going number one. So. You know the Jets aren't going to have the chance to, to draft him, but uh, you know I'm not so sold on all these other other QBs. So we'll see how it plays out. But all obviously right. the Jets are picking picking QB with number two. All right. Well, before we get out of here tonight, Colton's got some info for you on how to uh, get on live with the guys here on Fired Up Sports. It's a link. He's going to explain how to do that for you, and then we're going to sign off for tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know if you want to listen to us live, um, you know we got. Webpage on uh, podbean.com actually. So you search for us on that, you know, search you know, on your computer or there's even an app, uh, the Podbean app on your you know, cell phone. You can look us up, find us on there, you know, like our page, follow our page. But, uh, you know, it also will show you like the schedule of our, you know, next live showings and, and all that stuff when we're going to be live again. So if you guys want to, you know, tune into those live shows and then have a chance to, you know, call into the show and, give us any of your feedback or comments or ask us any of the guys, you know, questions when it comes to sports, we'd love to have you. You know, we, we like that part about, about our show. So we appreciate, you know, the followers on Instagram that give us questions every week. And we're um, just fans like you guys. Uh, right. We're just putting it out there and giving you our opinions on stuff. You know, we don't claim to be experts or on any of this stuff. We just do our homework and, you know, try to, try to, you know, give you the, the insight on, on stuff. But, uh, you know, it, when you click on that, you know, that scheduled uh, kind of live uh, show, it'll take you to kind of a lobby similar to kind of like a Zoom Zoom call. Um, and there'll be you'll, you'll come into the lobby. You'll see us, you know, talking, hear us talking, things like that. But then in kind of the top right corner, there's a there's a part where it says guest and call ins. Um, you know, you you kind of click on a button there, you know, saying you want to be a caller, call in. You'll kind of get put in a queue, caller one, caller two, caller three. Um, you know, once you, you know, want to call in, we will accept your call, get you on the air, you know, let you, let you talk to us and give us, give us your feedback. Keep it clean. It's a family show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep it, keep it clean. And yeah, yeah. Try to try to keep it clean with us here. Uh, yeah. We're, we're not about any name bashing or, you know, anything like that. So, uh, you know, we just, we just love sports. So we want to hear, hear your guys' comments and questions. So uh, we're, we're signing off. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram. Uh, Fired up sports uh, podcast, and you know we're also on Facebook at the same time under the same name, Fired Up Sports Podcast. So we're looking at we're looking at Wednesday again next week. Um, so we'll be coming at you live next week again from beautiful Delaware, Ohio. 
715, be here, be squared. Let's get sure. fired up. Yes, sir.